All right, so first of all, I was instructed here to uh, light the Hope of the Prophets candle. This is our first candle. All right, so uh, let me just move this stuff out of the way. Uh, so what I'll be presenting here tonight is a brief devotional on uh, the text of Matthew 11, chapter 11, specifically verse 28, uh, highlighting that verse. Um, and I'll be aided by the first chapter of uh, J.C. Ryle's collection of uh, Christmas tracts entitled Christmas Thoughts. Uh, and as well, uh, keeping in mind the hope of the prophets and to include that as we go along. Uh, so the first chapter of the book in uh, Ryle's Christmas Thoughts is titled Come, a Christmas Invitation. Uh, the title of the chapter centers around of course, the text of Matthew eleven twenty eight, which reads, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So first, a little background on the uh, text of Matthew chapter 11 so we can just understand it in its context. Uh, so first of all, the text takes, takes place, and, uh, and you, can, you can follow along with your Bibles. If, if, you, if you want to, you don't have to, or you, you can just listen. Um, so first of all, it takes place uh, during the time in Jesus' ministry after John the Baptist was sent to prison. Uh, in the beginning of the chapter, um, the first six verses read as follows. When Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the, of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. So here we have the Lord Jesus, after John was put in prison, instructing John's disciples that the miracles he has performed are most definitely fulfillment of biblical prophecy, which testify to his messiahship. Next, when talking to the crowds around him, we have Jesus testifying on behalf of John now uh, that John is indeed the one who was prophesied to announce the coming of the Messiah. So in verse, verses 10 through 15, Jesus is speaking and he says, this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Now this he is quoting from Malachi 3.1, which is very similar. It reads, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant, in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. So now Jesus is saying, by quoting this prophecy, he is saying that John the Baptist is the fulfillment of this prophecy, which actually prophesies about himself. Now of John, Jesus also says this, beginning in verse 11. 
He says, Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the... For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Now, I want to just pause right there because, uh, like I said, the hope of the prophets, just think about that right there. <clears throat> so he says, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So then Jesus goes on and he describes the state of the generation and he pronounces woes on unrepented cities. Uh, we then come to our title text, verse 28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. However, in order to understand the implications of this text and what, or this verse and what it means, we first need to back up to chapter 20, or I'm sorry, to verse 20, 25, which begins with Jesus praying and making a declaration. So verse 25 starts with, at, <clears throat> at that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and, uh, from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. And then he says something very important. He says, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And then he says, after making that statement, he then says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And then he goes further and says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so I wanted to highlight that because just in light of this text alone, we can conclude three things. So first of all, number one, Jesus is the prophesied Messiah according to Scripture. We found that in uh, verse 13. Two, Jesus is equal to the Father and has authority over all things. We see that in verse 27. And then number three, because of this, because he's the prophesied Messiah and he has been given authority over all things, he is able to deliver us from our burden by resting in him. If he didn't have those things, we would not be able to rest in him. <clears throat> now, in relation to the theme of the hope of the prophets regarding the first point of Jesus as the prophesied Messiah, I am reminded of this text. In John 8.56, the Jews are interrogating Jesus and questioning the validity of Jesus' ministry. And Jesus says to them, Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. And Romans 4.3, which says, For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now, just as Abraham believed God and looked forward to the day of Christ, 
though he had not yet seen it, so the prophets believed God and foretold of the day of Christ as they were led by the Holy Spirit. For example, Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 9.6 For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And Psalm 2, like uh, we heard this morning, 7 and 8. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. And this is why the angel was able to say to Joseph in fulfillment of these things in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And we could go on and on and on, but time would fail us to name all the biblical prophecies which Jesus fulfilled by his first advent and ministry on earth. So now why is this important to know about Christ when it comes to his promise to give us rest? Well, because like we learned in our text, Jesus is the prophesied Messiah according to scripture, demonstrated by his life and miracles, therefore we can trust what he says. Jesus is equal to the Father and has authority over all things. And because of this, he is able to deliver us from our burden by resting in him and what he has done for us on the cross. Uh, Now, as for J.C. Ryle, I was greatly helped by his insight. Uh, I I think few could convey this message better than him, and I I won't attempt to do so. which is why I'm glad I had the biblical text because I had I had a lot more to work with and like just like we were talking with uh, or I was talking with Rob, man, we might as well just read it. It's it's so good. Uh, we could just sit here and just read this to everyone. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so Rob and I never never uh, read Ryle before, but uh, but yeah, I, li- I liked what I read. Um, so briefly, what does he have to say to aid us in this matter of resting in Christ? Um, so these are some of the things that I've gleaned from Ryle and that I thought were, were, were the most significant and the most helpful. Uh, so first of all, uh, Ryle teaches us that this matter is of the utmost importance. So he says, this single text may be the salvation of your soul. And he conveys the urgency of the message saying, reader, how long have you to live? Will another Christmas find you alive? And then when we talk about these, this rest, uh, it's very important. We, we've talked about rest, rest, rest. Uh, but what are we re- resting from? And, and what does this mean? Well, Ryle tells us that rest in Christ is resting from the burden of the guilt of sin, uh, which all of us have. We, we all have this in this world. And according to Ryle's words, he says, Reader, sin and departure from God are true reasons why men are everywhere laboring and heavy laden. And now, so who is this rest for? The rest is for us all. If you are laboring and heavy laden, he says, you are the very person to whom the Lord Jesus Christ sends an invitation this day. 
He tells us Christ's invitation is not addressed to the converted, but to the laboring and heavy laden. And I also like how he says, if you are hesitant to accept the invitation because, because, quote, you do not know that you are one of God's elect, he answers, you have no right to put words in Christ's mouth. He does not say, come unto me, all ye that are elect. He addresses all the laboring and heavy laden ones without exception. And then he teaches us what rest in Christ is and what it is not. So we learn from Ryle that rest in Christ is not go to work, as he says. It's not paying what you owe. It is not standing still and waiting. No, he says, come today at once without delay. Come unto me. Riley notes that coming to Christ is more than mere religion and sacraments, more than coming to ministers, and more than head knowledge. And that coming to Christ requires nothing more than simple faith. He also teaches us that the nature of this rest is inward rather than outward. He says the rest that Christ gives us is an inward thing. It is rest of heart, rest of conscience, rest of mind, rest of affection, rest of will. It is rest from a comfortable sense of sins being forgiven and guilt put away. It is rest from a solid hope of good things to come, laid up beyond the reach of disease and death and the grave. And finally, true rest is found only in Christ. He says, it can only be found in the hand of Jesus Christ, and to his hand you must turn if you would find peace within. So, in conclusion, I hope you enjoyed this study along with me. I greatly enjoyed it myself. Uh, And the question I would ask in closing tonight, dear friends, is this. Are you resting in nothing but Christ? My prayer is that you are. And if not, or maybe, maybe struggling to do so, that you would heed the Lord's call and believe him when he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest.